Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Today in business from Wired. Biden wants more EVs on the road. What about charging stations? The president called for 40% of new cars to be electric by 2030, but motorists still fret about running out of juice, even if it rarely happens. By Ariane Marshall. Last week, President Biden gathered executives of the three biggest U.S. automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, which makes Fiat Chrysler vehicles, at the White House. Biden got to gleefully drive an electric Jeep for the occasion, More important, the three companies jointly pledged that at least 40% and as many as half of vehicles they sell by the end of the decade would be zero-emission ones. At the other end of the Pennsylvania Avenue, Congress was busy making that lofty goal easier to meet. A bipartisan infrastructure bill, the details of which are not final, would allocate $7.5 billion to bolstering the nation's network of electric vehicle charging stations. It's money badly needed, experts say, if the U.S. wants to put a dent in its carbon emissions and their increasingly horrifying effects on the planet. 29% of the country's greenhouse gas emissions come from transportation, and more than half of those are from light-duty vehicles like passenger vehicles. A bunch of things have to fall into place if the U.S. is to hit the White House's electric vehicle goals by 2030. Last year, roughly 2% of cars sold in the U.S. were electric, almost half of them in California, meaning sales will have to increase 20-fold. Even so, that would mean only about 10 to 11% of cars on the road in 2030 would be electric. Sufficient charging infrastructure won't be the only hurdle to reaching that goal. Automakers will have to come through on their promises to offer more EVs at lower prices. Utilities will have to take on the extra burden of powering transportation at a price that people can afford. 
Americans will have to simply get accustomed to the idea of ditching the sort of cars they've always known. But creating more charging stations, and especially more publicly accessible ones, is the holy grail, says Mike Nicholas, a senior researcher who studies electric vehicles at the International Council on Clean Transportation, a nonprofit research organization. A research analysis by Nicholas and his colleagues estimates that the country will need 2.4 million public and workplace chargers by 2030 if it wants to meet its goals. Today, it has 216,000. Biden initially asked for $15 billion, which the White House said would have provided 500,000 charging stations. Congress cut the proposal in half, meaning there's estimated to be enough money for 250,000 fast chargers. If the money is used for less expensive chargers, it could finance more. Factoring in the charging stations that private industry might build, it wouldn't cover everything, but it's a good start, Nicholas says. Here's the funny thing. Most electric vehicles, especially at the beginning of the transition, will likely be charged at home, away from gas station-like public fast chargers. That charging at home will be slower, probably taking all night to re-up the battery. For the two-thirds of Americans who live in single-family homes with their own garages and driveways, that might be okay. They come home from work, plug in their car, and are ready to go the next day. This is especially true right now when electric vehicle owners tend to be higher income, better educated, have more than one vehicle, and live in single-family houses. But research suggests people with great charging options at home feel nervous about the lack of public charging infrastructure, even if they don't need it that often. Today's most popular electric vehicles have a 250-mile range. What happens, potential owners ask, if they need to travel 300 miles in a day? What sort of chargers are there to support them then? On one hand, this feels like a silly concern. The average daily commute is less than 40 miles round trip, which an EV would handle easily. But drivers want to know that they won't be stuck, especially if, for example, someone needs to get to the hospital and they forgot to plug the car in last night. Consumers knowing that those trips are possible, even if they don't happen very often, will enable them to consider purchasing an electric vehicle, says Eleftheria Kantu, a professor of civil and environmental engineering who studies electric vehicle operations at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Which is why the promise of federal money is enticing. A White House fact sheet indicates that the feds are focused on building fast-charging stations near highways, a kind of replacement for the gas station-anchored rest stops of today. Fast chargers, which can refill a vehicle's battery in 20 minutes, compared with six to eight hours, are tens of thousands of dollars more expensive. The money will also be pointed towards rural, disadvantaged, and hard-to-reach communities, the White House says. In this case, money helps. But the country also needs to focus on a more complicated issue. How to make charging viable for people who live in apartments or use on-street parking. A few years ago, Jeremy Mahalik used a plug-in hybrid car for work. At the time, he lived in an apartment in Pittsburgh. If he wanted to charge his car at home, he had to snag the parking spot in front of his house, then snake a long extension cord up a flight and a half of stairs to an outlet he could call his own. The thing created a tripping hazard on the sidewalk. Fortunately, he could mostly charge at work at Carnegie Mellon University, where he studies electric vehicle policy as a professor. Cities around the world are starting to experiment. In Amsterdam, the government installs on-street chargers by resident request. A quarter of new car registrations in the Netherlands last year were either battery electric or plug-in hybrids. 
In London, at least 1,300 lampposts have been converted to chargers. In the U.S., charging stations used by mall shoppers and workers during the day are sometimes made available to those who live nearby at night. Eventually, dense cities might need some sort of reservation program to ensure that residents' cars are charged when they need them, says Kantu. It's all going to require money, but also lots of meetings, she says. There are so many groups that did not used to collaborate. The transportation groups, the energy groups, the environment groups, the electricity and power generation groups, she says. All need to come together to work this out. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.